It's a warm summer night in St. Louis. You and your family are hustling through Forest Park. Well, you're hustling. The kids are meandering with melted frozen lemonades. You pat yourself down to locate car keys and glance around for landmarks. Weird-looking oak tree? Check. You're still humming a tune from the show as you get everyone settled and merge into the sea of taillights, but a question rises to the top of your mind. How does the Muni find all of those crazy, talented people? Welcome to Classic 107.3's Attuned, the podcast that amplifies your knowledge of the artistic and cultural community in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Julie Schuster. This is Series 1, Episode 1, Cast Me at the Muni, an exploration of the audition process. The Muni is the United States' oldest and largest outdoor musical theater, and it's located in Forest Park in St. Louis. This first conversation features Michael Baxter, Artistic Associate at the Muni. We'll cover Michael's background, the ways in which he and his team strive to create a safe space for those who audition, what sets people apart during auditions, and more. A show note, obviously things have changed for the Muni and for all of us since this episode was recorded, but the shows that Michael mentions are now scheduled to be a part of the Muni's 2021 season. Michael, let's start by having you tell us about yourself. Absolutely. I had always been interested in music. Took piano, voice lessons, joined choir. But my musicianship and love for the theater really didn't come into play until I started dancing. I just felt this visceral, physical, emotional connection to music. I got my BFA in musical theater, graduate of 2009. In 2008, the summer of my junior year, I auditioned and accepted two chorus roles at the Muni. And that began my relationship with the Muni. I was a performer. I performed for two seasons, the 2008 season in two shows, and the 2009 season in one show. Then, fast forward a couple of years. In 2012, I was invited back as the dance captain for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, directed and choreographed by Lara Teeter. I ran the dance auditions for him. Mike Isaacson, the executive producer and artistic director, pulled me aside and said, I'm creating this position of the resident choreographer. And the resident choreographer did not have any description at that point. I said, what does that mean? He said, we don't know. We'll figure it out. I accepted that position. And in 2012, I became the resident choreographer of the Muni, which at that point was the director and choreographer of the Muni team program. I was also a performer, and I was also a dance captain on various shows. Fast forward another six years, that position grew and evolved, and in 2018, I choreographed the Centennial Gala, an evening with the stars, directed by Matt Kunkel. And that was the season that things were starting to transition at the Muni. My predecessor, Megan Larch dominic who had the position before me as producing associate, accepted another appointment down at Houston Theater Under the Stars, and I was appointed artistic associate in the fall of 2018. So let's go back for a minute. How old were you when you knew that theater, that musicals, that dance would be something you wanted to do? Yeah, that's a very good question. It really didn't come into play until I started taking dance seriously in middle school. I not only loved how dance was a part of my life, but it made other people feel good watching dance, being a part of a team and an ensemble. I learned how to collaborate. 
And then I began my musical theater journey very seriously in high school. We had a very good high school theater program in Troy, Michigan. We have some celebrated alumni who have been a part of that program, and I feel very fortunate to have learned from the best and an excellent mentor there who really provided me the skills and the insight to find a voice. At that time, I had no idea what that voice was, which led to just my avid interest in musical theater and seeking further training. Dancing school opened up a tremendous amount of creative outlet and opportunity for me. Dance is passion personified, physicalized. And I was so grateful to find that outlet. To find self-respect in myself, I needed to continue pursuing this art form and to really take it seriously. And after participating in dancing school and doing my high school musicals, which I was very pleased to have been a part of, I auditioned and was accepted at the Conservatory of Theater Arts of Webster University. And that changed my life. Peter Sargent, Byron Grant, and Bruce Longworth, who were in the room on my audition day, them auditioning me and taking a chance on me was incredibly special and set me on a surprising new path that I didn't know I was capable of. Coming to St. Louis from Michigan and participating in that program that gave me a full breadth and scope of knowledge was incredibly powerful. And that led me to audition my junior year of college for the Muni, which is when I auditioned and was thankfully offered after two years of trying, two years of not getting it, and then auditioned my junior year, was offered and accepted two shows, the producers and my one and only, and received my actor's equity card. And that was in 2008. And to think that now 12 years later, here I am talking to you, it's a little surreal. So I'm very grateful for the journey. It has been exciting and surprising. Not easy. I love a challenge, though. So all your experiences as a dancer, as a choreographer, how does that help you when it comes to the audition process, to casting shows at the Muni? I lived it. I experienced it firsthand. And I've been in a room where I felt respected and fulfilled and empowered and I felt like they saw me for who I was, an original, an individual. And now what I bring into the room is that everybody feels like they are seen. You know, our goal of the audition, the, the main purpose of why we audition is to seek and to find exceptional talent. And I firmly believe that. And having been on the other side, I wanted to get that job. And I wanted them to see me for how I would do that job very well. So I bring that light and that energy into the room and make sure that everybody walks out feeling like they have been seen. And tell me how you do that with so many people who come and audition and you've got limited time with each of them. What are the things that help you see them as individuals? I think what I really try to cultivate in the room is a safe space, a safe space where not only can you be skillful, but you can have the opportunity to provide something surprising, a choice, insight into text, into a dance move, into a song that provides individuality and originality. And it's creating a space where each individual person is spoken to, focused upon in a kind, generous, individual way. Yes, we audition in a dance call with a group, but we are still watching you as an individual shine. 
and how you learn in the room, how you collaborate, how you participate in the conversation. Yes, it's a group activity, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's a one-on-one -on -one interview. Besides the collaboration, what are some of the qualities that you look for when you're casting for the Muni? I look for something that's going to surprise me. I think the number one thing that stands out to me as we audition hundreds to a thousand people is an individual specific point of view. And that comes down to confidence in talent, that they have discipline of training, that they have been very vigilant and specialized in making sure that their skill was at the highest possible level. I also look for range. You know, you don't want just a dancer. You don't want somebody who just can say a couple of lines really well. You want somebody that really is immersed in all of the disciplines and has a great breadth of knowledge and range. And that means acting, singing, dancing, is kind, has a warm sensibility, is able to be real in their audition and not just skillful, but can actually then turn it back around and be a human being. And I think what's interesting about the Muni process, we then need to transfer that to a very big stage. I think the distinction that people start to think when they audition is, oh, big stage, I need to be big. It's the exact opposite. Big stage, you need to be intimate. You need to be nuanced and subtle and know that the text and the subtext of your performance can be nuanced. So that is ultimately what I seek in an audition too. Can they lift it? And then can they also pull it back? That warm quality that you spoke of, mm -hmm. is that something that you think is not unique to the Muni, but emphasized at the Muni more because we're in the Midwest, the environment isn't quite as hard as it is other places? I, I would like to believe so. I think it's also something that is happening in New York as well. I think everybody should know that casting directors, creative teams, producers behind the table, for the most part, really want you to succeed. Every single person that walks in the room, I want them to be amazing and to get the job. Does everybody get the job? Not necessarily so, and that's all due to subjective and objective assessments. And it varies for every room. It varies for every story. I think that genuine sensibility, it is a Midwestern sensibility. I'm from Michigan. I went to school in Missouri. I moved to New York, and now I'm back in Missouri. And sure, I believe that's a big part of it. So you've mentioned that as a performer, you've been in rooms that have felt safe and supportive. You felt like you've been seen. Have you been in rooms that were not that way? And do you draw upon those experiences to help you shape the Muni auditions? I think it comes down to how does one deal with competition? Who are you competing against? It's just you on the day, making sure that you're presenting the best version of yourself. So sure, I've been in rooms where I felt like the competition was intense, and I would let that get to me. And sometimes that would be just because of the environment and the energy of the room. So what you try to create as a leader in the room is an environment where everybody feels supported. Everybody feels like they can exist at their highest possible standard for themselves. Because at the end of the day, yes, we are designing a company. We are picking a beautiful, diverse company of people, but the audition is one-on-one. -on -one. So you've been doing this a long time. How have auditions changed? 
I think a lot of it that I've seen change here at the Muni is our system of logistics. We cycle through a weekend of many, many people. And going back to that idea of how do you enrich their experience, that takes an immense amount of systemic logistics. And it's not a lone effort. It is not just me. My partner in all of it is our production manager, Tracy Utzmeyers. This whip-smart, problem-solving brain, making sure that every logistic from an intern taking photos to safety pins to cards in the room to making sure that everybody feels supported, standing outside in the hallway, holding their music binder, wearing their Leduca heels, feels like they are being supported before they even walk into the room. And it takes a whole team here at the Muni. And so what I have seen change is the whole process of the day. From the moment you arrive in St. Louis to the moment you get on that plane and leave, you feel like you are supported. What is a day like in the life of the artistic associate of the Muni? So that's a very good question because it changes daily. I am in a support position and I assist the executive producer and artistic director Mike Isaacson in making sure that all aspects of anything with regards to casting is working at the highest professional level. And ultimately what that means is for our seven show season that each artist that walks through that door feels like they are able to work at their best. Let's take a moment and remind our listeners what those seven shows are for the 2020 Muni season. Okay, so the shows this season are Chicago, Mary Poppins, Sweeney Todd, Smokey Joe's Cafe, The Sound of Music, On Your Feet, and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And each of those shows has very different requirements. For example, just from a choreography standpoint, you have Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and then perhaps at the opposite end of the spectrum, Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. So how does the casting process work for the entire season? Well, the very first decision that is made is who is the creative team? Who's the director? And that's the first person that is decided on the creative team. They are the first designer creative chosen to envision the world, to create the vocabulary of the world. And then they start pulling in friends, collaborators to help them envision that show. And that begins with a vision and an idea from Mike Isaacson. He hires a director. Then we go into the process of hiring a choreographer and a music director. And that really ends up being a core team of three people. And then with their designers, it ends up being a team of eight to ten people who envision and design the show. From there, we begin early conversations of what does the world look, feel, sound like? And how will that be adapted to a Muni stage? And what does that mean? So we begin that process early on with what does the audience want to see? What do they need to hear? What is the story and the text that they need to learn from and about in this particular story? And from there, we start crafting our size of our casts. What's the principal cast? What's the ensemble cast? Will we use supernumeraries? Will there be children and teens involved in this production? Does it make sense to have children and teenagers in the production? And we begin setting breakdowns, establishing our casting directors in New York City with Telsey and company to get us rocking and rolling with our creative teams. And we start casting. Joel 
So we posted our auditions after they were decided and scheduled and arranged in the fall on December 2nd. And we have an open online registration for seven auditions that we hold on campus. Our local St. Louis non-equity audition, our St. Louis resident equity audition, an audition day that is specifically reserved for callbacks for those particular calls. And within our partnership and me being the primary representative of the Muni to the Conservatory of Theater Arts, we have a Webster University audition. This is before our big audition weekend of an open and open means that we welcome members of the Actors' Equity Association, which is the professional association of working actors, and those who are non-union members. That means open. And then we have an equity chorus call where we see Actors' Equity Singers as well as EMC, which is equity membership candidates, who are future members of the Professional Actors' Union in a singer call. Then we have our Muni Kids and our Muni Teens. And then we have a specific date for principal kids, like the six kids in Sound of Music. There will be a specific day where we actually get to work with and have a session to find those children. That takes a lot of planning. <laughs> the where, the when, the why, the how, what do I need to do, what do I need to bring, what's going to be happening at this audition, who's going to be leading that audition, what will we be dancing, is there a song, do I need to prepare a song on my own, and all of those logistics are shared on that December 2nd date. So somebody who is interested in auditioning finds that date, they register, and I think one of the most beautiful things about the Muni audition process is we are a destination for exceptional talent. You know, the Muni seeks a wide breadth of talent, Broadway talent, television talent, and emerging young artists. And that emerging young artists range from eight years old to 26, right? Particularly, what we look for is that new talent in these musical theater training programs, the collegiate programs, that are training intensely to make a career in musical theater. And that college group, that age group between 18 and 22, 23, this is the place where we can discover that talent, give them a safe and nurturing spot to really hone their skill and learn what is their scope of talent. I've been training, I've been practicing, I've been learning all these theories. How do I now turn it into a vocation? And here is usually the first place that a lot of those college kids find it. That's going to be very fulfilling. It absolutely is. And that's what makes the audition weekend, that big dancer and singer weekend, so special. Because the bulk of the turnout for that weekend ends up being those college kids. Mm -hmm. And it is our mission, our mission to make sure that that group feels inspired and fulfilled by their experience just at that audition. Who even knows if they're going to get cast or not? But man, having that experience, seeing masters of their craft leading their audition and having the opportunity to be in the room with those individuals is very special and unlike any other place. What happens at callbacks? The callbacks are about getting a general sense of the auditioning to a much more specific, specialized sense of the auditioning. We all have potential. The first day, that assessment, that first interview, that one-on-one, -on -one, it feels like a first date. We're just learning about each other, right? I want to get to know you. And we sort of just get this general sense of, you're wonderful. You're surprising. I don't know all that you can do yet. So I'm going to call you back, and we're going to have a moment to figure out what is it that you do really well. 
a callback ultimately is based on our needs as well of what we're trying to cast. Again, going back to the vocabulary of the shows, what type of talent and skill do we need to best tell this particular story? Is it dancing? For Sweeney Todd, we need exceptional voices, exceptional physical types, and a British accent, right? Can you or can you not do a British accent? Mary Poppins is a fantasy, so you need a wide variety of diverse character types, shapes, sizes, vocal types, dance abilities. There's tap dancing. So that's different than Sweeney Todd. And we really sort of break down show by show in a callback sense of who's right for this particular world. And that just should be for anybody who's listening. That has nothing to do with your level of talent. There's no reflection on your level of talent by coming to the initial audition, not getting called back. It does not mean you are not talented. It just may mean that this particular world is going to go this way and in this direction. And do you refine that process as you go? Do the casting sessions sometimes change what the final product will be of that world? In other words, you know, you have an idea of what you want for Mary Poppins, and then you see something in auditions that you're like, maybe we could go in this direction? Constant state of refinement. Collaboration itself is constructive eccentricity, right? You're collaborating, you're problem solving, you're learning. So it is always evolving and always adjusting. And that is an excellent point to make about the callbacks. We, we do go in with a definitive idea of here's what we're looking for this week, but we are open to being surprised. There are parameters, however, and everybody understands that there are parameters in any job, in any hiring process. So they don't radically change, oh, now we need to add this number of people. That doesn't happen, but it may come down to voice type. It may come down to a specific nuanced characterization. It may take a character in a new direction. That is the wonderful part about the casting process. It's all a part of the creative process. There's an incredible creative team. And what's special about our auditions, we invite that creative team into our audition process. They're actually physically here in St. Louis. That's the most wonderful thing about our auditions. They are here. So it's not just one person. It's not just two people. There's a group of people helping define and refine that casting process. <laughs> I very much look at auditioning like a job interview. A job application was posted. So what was also posted was a breakdown and a description of what type of talent we were seeking. Now, does that evolve and change? Sure, just slightly. And, you know, specifically in voice timbre, physical type, it evolves and adjusts. But again, it goes back to what best serves the story. And yes, there's room to define that, but it ends up being very clear when you've established a vision of the show. So what would you tell someone who is wanting to audition? They filled out that sheet. They're excited about the shows and the season, and they really want to do well in the auditions. Be yourself. Come in authentic. Come in prepared. Preparation is everything. That is the bulk of the iceberg. Walking into that room, understanding that you have a tremendous toolbox of skill. You are accepting the fact that this is 
a very vulnerable yet exciting place to be and know that you are going to transform in the room. I think what you ultimately see being on the other side of the table, the thing that still moves me and I feel like is the magic of a weekend like this is you watch transformation happen in front of your eyes. You watch a young person in particular come in slightly scared. The music starts and then they rely on their discipline and their skill and their training. So it ultimately comes down to the work and you watch them transform in confidence in skill and they end up delivering a masterful audition because they got the nerves out of the way. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And it's thrilling because there's just so much potential. And there's so much great energy. It's I, I Being in that room, you, you walked into this room and you, you, you felt it. You, you felt like you could dance the moment somebody said five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, yet you walk into a room. It's as simple as that, but it comes with a lot of history, a lot of training, and a lot of time. I hope that describes it a little bit. We also have family. We have existed for 102 years, and in particular with the last 25 years, there is exceptional Broadway talent that wants to come and play at the Muni. And we feel very fortunate that we are a destination for that level of talent and that level of kindness and warmth that people actually reach out and say, hey, is there something for me at the Muni I want to come play? And when you get an ask from a family member that wants to come out and do something special for our audiences, for our purposes, for our particular shows, how can you not say yes? Right. You know, it's very special and we celebrate that and we're very grateful for that. Do you ever run into the happy problem of having too many Broadway family members interested in a particular role? <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. And we're very grateful for that. But I think what it comes down to again is vision. Sure. It goes back to the director's vocabulary of the show. Like who really is right to tell the story of a demon barber, right? Trying to get revenge. Let's say you have abundant amount of choices. What does the script say? What is the text? What is the character? What is the age of the character? The voice type, the timbre of the voice. Do you want an actor who's subtle? Do you want an actor who's more broad? Is it more comic? Is it more dramatic? You know, so there are a variety of choices and styles that go into a vision of the show. And that's where we put great trust in our creative teams to help guide us in the right direction. Because yes, there are an abundant amount of choices. And there's a lot of talented people, but it goes back to who is right to tell this story now. And we really do seek that out from the Broadway standard. We want that exceptional talent to come play with us. And if we're lucky enough to get them, we do not take that for granted. I love that you take that same care and consideration with members for the ensemble, as well as your principals. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And at the root of all of it, we're designing a company of people, a company of people to be storytellers in wild circumstances of putting a major musical on in 11 days. It, it does. It takes an incredible amount of passion, discipline, and trust and warmth. Good people doing good work for a good reason. And that is very special. The soil of this theater, this the covenants of delivering exceptional theater under what feels like very fast and furious circumstances. Seems like a wild idea on paper, but it is really special. 
No, you ask, how are Muni auditions different? Yes. Muni auditions are different because we try to seek and find exceptional, diverse talent. And as we create our companies, we are looking for that current Broadway and TV talent, emerging young artists, and a very important part of how we cast our shows is our St. Louis actors in our St. Louis community. And yes, it's a mix of all these ranges and ages, but I, I would be remiss to not mention that a huge part of this professional theater for this community requires that St. Louisans are a huge part of that. And we take great pride in that. We have an incredible acting pool of artists and designers here in St. Louis. And it's very important to us to make sure that they are a part of this world because this is their backyard. This is their community. So I want to make sure that that's a huge part of how we cast as well. And there's exceptional talent here in St. Louis. And that's also just a bigger idea of what we're trying to create is community. And the community of St. Louis is strong. Are those St. Louis weekends, whether they're equity or non-equity, is that what sets them apart, that you see so many familiar faces? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's like a homecoming. Does that add a layer of challenge? Yes. To casting? <laughs> yes, it does. I knew you were going to go there. Absolutely. What everybody should know and be reminded of is, of course, there's an immense amount of exceptional talent in St. Louis, in the country, in these musical theater training programs. It just ends up being what talent serves this particular piece the best. So the story at the end of the day is what guides us all. And that has to be comforting in a way. I know the Muni's got my back in that even if I'm not right for the show, the show is the thing that's going to be terrific and that's what their goal is. Absolutely. It's interesting to be asked about my experience behind the table. And I think we're always learning. We're always students. We're always trying to figure out how to redefine and be more specific in our role and having a moment like this with you again has inspired and reminded me why I love what I do. Thanks for listening to Classic 107.3's Attuned. There's more great content on our website, classic1073.org slash podcasts. There you'll find all of the available episodes, plus show notes, pictures, links, and more.